Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today's message on stewarding our work is entitled, Working in the World for the Kingdom of God. And it will be delivered by one of our elders, Chris Kuzak. Chris's own testimony is one of having to discern and learn how to integrate his own faith into his workplace. And we will see this morning that his directives, and therefore ours as well, come from God's word. Thanks for joining us today as we learn how to be God's kingdom agents deployed out into the mission field of our workplace. Morning. So, work. That's what I thought. Um, so, uh, so, we're going to talk about uh, really our jobs uh, in, in that context and so just to give you a sense of uh, where I'm coming from, so I've, I've done, uh, my, my trade is sort of uh, design work. Uh, I work as a CAD designer, drafting. Uh, did actually uh, carpentry for a while, sort of in that same vein, and now I'm working as a manager uh, at Systems Control. I have uh, like five different departments that I oversee. And I'm not saying that to brag or anything, I just kind of want you to know where I'm coming from and some of the stuff that I'm gonna tell you. Um, because it'll give you a little better perspective. Um, for example, the other day, uh, one of my employees came in and, uh, closed the door and he says, you know, the salary you're paying me does not even remotely match the effort that I put into my job. And I said to him, yes, I know that I'm sorry, but I cannot let you starve. <laughs> you got to think about it. <laughs> I knew you'd get it. I knew it would work. <laughs> okay, so I've titled the sermon today, uh, Working in the World for the Kingdom. And I intentionally titled it that way, even though it's a little bit awkward. So the point is, we're going to talk about our jobs, which are in the world, but we're working for the kingdom. We have to sort of separate those two things, but we need to bridge them because you need to serve God in everything you do, right? Uh, so we're going to try to focus on that, how to bring your occupation and your faith into harmony. And I don't, I don't really mean uh, by that, um, you know, asking yourself, how can I avoid sinning at work, although that's really important. Uh, and I don't really even necessarily mean how can I spread the gospel at work. That's, I mean, that's great if you can, but most of us who work you know, in the business world, can't really, can't really do that, right? So, um, so I want to talk about how you can live your faith uh, when you are in that situation. Um, when we think about, uh, <laughs> so I want you to think about this for a second. Uh, for those of you that do currently work, and I know there's some kids here and there's some retired folks, but those of you that are going to work tomorrow, I want you to. Just imagine this for a second. Uh, think about uh, you're at work and it's Monday morning. And I'm sorry, but it's just an illustration, so just bear with me here. Um, so, so imagine you're at work and uh, you're, you're in your office or you're in the woods or you're in the garage where you work. Um, wherever you go to work, imagine you're there and, and doing your job. And think about how uh, you are interacting with people and, and what you're doing, and maybe not even so much what you're doing, but how you're doing it. And 
you know, you're getting your coffee, and the guy says, how's it going? And you say, you know, living the dream, um, and all that stuff. And so, so think about that. Think about all the things, how you are at work, right? Now, think about those things and take yourself out of your office or your garage or wherever you work and put yourself here in a Sunday morning. And you're doing all the same things and you're doing them all the same way. Are you, are you good yet? <laughs> I mean, if, if you're talking to your coworkers differently than you're talking to your church family, I, you know, you need to maybe look at that a little bit. And I might even take that a little bit further. What if you were not here at church, but uh, what if you were in heaven uh, and God was there and you were talking to your coworkers the way you talk to them at work? Is that, are you cool? I'm a little convicted if I think about it that way. Um, you know, it's we, we hear Ryan say it all the time. This is this is a dress rehearsal, right? And so when we interact here, whether it be in church, whether it be at home, whether it be at work, we're preparing ourselves, we're sanctifying for uh, our service for the Lord. So we have to do it with that in mind, no matter what we do. Um, you know, we have this tendency, I think, and I'm I'm guilty of this. We we sort of divide our lives into two categories, right? Professional and personal. And Jesus, a lot of times, only shows up in the personal. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of a problem. Uh, some of us have very specific financial goals at our jobs or ambitions on moving up the company ladder, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Okay, but. Uh, if our focus is not on the kingdom and the king, or worse, if we're neglecting certain attributes of what the king expects of us uh, in order to get along in our jobs, then, then we, we've got a problem. So, so that's what we're going to talk about, working in the world but for the kingdom. Um, so just a quick recap. So you'll remember, uh, as, as Ryan mentioned, we, we've got, we uh, talked about work already a little bit, and... Uh, what is work? It's, it's supposed to be a blessing to others, right? That's number one. Uh, the complement of work is rest. And we know these things because God modeled all of it for us. If you think back to the creation account, you know, he did all the stuff. He rested on the, the seventh day. So that's our foundation for work. Um, also, before we get into the meat of this, there's I, I kind of want to just give this uh, some clarity as far as exactly what we're going to talk about. It, I, I sort of, you can kind of divide work into two different, or occupation into two different categories. Um, so there's the vocational ministry. That's uh, earning a living through your ministry. So that's what Ryan does. That's what, uh, you know, people that are out like James Langtow, and, you know, folks that are missionaries, they're, they're doing their ministry work and, earning a living through that. Uh, then, for the rest of us, and I'm, I'm just calling, calling it secular vocation, for lack of a better term, but uh, that's earning a living, but separate from your ministry. Um, so that's what most of us do, right? And I want to just point out, though, in both these definitions that I made up, by the way, um, <laughs> There's two words that are the same in both of them, right? Earning and ministry. So just because you don't do vocational ministry, you're not a pastor or a missionary or whatever, uh, that doesn't mean you're off the hook for ministry. We are all ministers 
uh, in God's kingdom. Um, so it's, it's really important that we, you know, focus on both those things, whether uh, our job, you know, is a good conduit for that or not. Um, it, it can be challenging. Like, I, I tend to think of myself, you know, like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm an elder, but, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I go to seminary school and stuff like that. So, you know, what's the, what's, what am I going to do, right? But we're all called to ministry, and, and that's important. So you have to figure out a way to, to bridge that, to, to get those things uh, into the same uh, line. And, you know, and just to point out what, what Ryan kind of alluded to earlier, we kind of figured when we talked uh, earlier this week that it would be good if I gave the message, you know, because it might carry a little bit more weight uh, coming from me as opposed to a guy whose idea of work is sitting on the beach in the Bahamas. <laughs> I'm doing his job for him, right? <laughs> It's only, he only works an hour a week. But, but. <laughs> Actually, it's been more like two hours. Lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get serious. Um, so one other thing I want to point out, I don't have it on the slide, but uh, I, I just I want to you know, point to the elephant in the room. Uh, our text today is going to start out with a little bit of an uncomfortable word, and that word is slaves. Um, so a lot of our, you know, secular or atheist friends would, uh, you know, look to verses like this to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, slavery, and use that as a, as a evidence, it, you know, the way they would put it to say that, you know, God endorses slavery, uh, or you know, the Bible is all about slaves and everything. That's not true. Um, you know, there there are instances where slaves are talked about certainly in the Bible, but uh, not in a favorable light. Um, Mosaic law did, you know, regulate some of that because, uh, you know, the world, the sinful, broken world was practicing slavery and um, it had to be sort of regulated to some, some extent. But the Bible is really clear. So if you, if you were to go to Exodus uh, twenty one sixteen, it says, anyone who kidnaps someone is to be put to death, whether the victim has been sold or is still in the kidna- kidnapper's possession. So when we think about slavery the way we understand it, like we had in the, the States, you know, um, it's not approved of, okay? So uh, when, we, when we're talking about slavery in this context, uh, what Paul is really talking about is uh, something you might call indentured servitude. It's where, you know, you could sell yourself to somebody to work off a debt, basically. And uh, so just, just so we're on the same page there, the Bible does not endorse slavery. Okay. Um, our scripture reading today will be Colossians 3. Uh, 22 through 24, if you wanted to turn there now, I believe it's on 1679 in your pew Bibles. And it reads, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do, and do it not only when their eye is upon you, and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay, so we'll start off with some observations. Um, First of all, uh, your work ethic 
is going to be a reflection of your king. I kind of mean that in two different ways. So first of all, uh, you, can, you can look at that and say, um, if you're known to be a Christian, everything you do becomes a reflection of Christians and, and Christ, really. So uh, in the world, if, if you're at your job and you act, you know, you're, you're angry all the time or you're lazy, uh, the world's going to look at you and say, look at that, Christians are angry and lazy, right? And, and worse, they're going to assume that Jesus endorses that. Um, so, so your work ethic is a reflection of your, your king in the sense that, you know, you are a witness, uh, to the goodness of God and you need to act as such, uh, regardless of what you're doing. Right. Secondly, uh, while we're going to focus on some simple, you know, specific things that you can do at your job to better serve Christ, um, just know that what you do and how you do it will always reflect who you are doing it for. I'm just going to read that again. Just know that what you do and how you do it will always reflect who you are doing it for. Whoever rules your heart or whatever rules your heart will rule your desires. In Matthew 15, verse 11, Jesus tells us that it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. In other words, your heart's desire uh, will impact all you think, say, do, believe, and perceive. So it's critical, uh, not, not just in the context of your job, again, but in everything, uh, that you've submitted yourself to Christ and you've focused your heart upon him. Uh, by the way, I, I've sort of uh, cracked the code here because every good sermon you hear will have that <laughs> overarching theme, right? I mean, basically submission to Christ is what's going to, matter the most in what you're doing um okay so the second thing second observation god ordains your work so it's important to remember that uh god's going to use you wherever he has put you and i think we know that but it's also important to remember that he's put you right where he wants to use you okay think about this uh god's design for bringing his good news into the world requires that some of us be in the world. Actually, most of us have to be in the world in order for that to happen. Um, you know, we're out there sort of finding the sheep and we got to bring them to the shepherd and, and get them here in the, in the flock. That's, that's what we have to do. And we're not going to do that sitting in church looking out the window looking for them. We've got to be out there. Um, again, this is something I kind of struggle with a little bit. You know, how am I, how am I going to devote myself... Uh, to this while, um, you know, to, to ministry while I'm, while I'm at work and, you know, I work in a business. It's, it's very much a business. There's not much God there. Um, there are Christians there and I know them and it's great working with them, but the business is not, it's not godly. You know, we're, we're doing good work. It's important work, but, um, it's not a Christian business, right? So it's a little bit hard, you know, to look at that and say, well, how, how, how am I, how am I a minister of the gospel when I work in that environment? Well, how I'm a, a minister of the gospel is I work with people who need to know Christ. Um, it's my job to model that for them. God's put me there. Um, some days it's harder than others, but that's, that's why I'm there, right? Um, so, you know, if you just step back and think about that, if, if, if we all took jobs as pastors or international missionaries, nobody would be 
witnessing to the regular folks uh, that, <laughs> that you work with, you know. God wants his disciples to be where the sinners are. Um, Romans 10, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? It is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's Every foot in here, every mouth in here needs to proclaim the gospel at some point, somehow, okay? Um, okay, so next observation, final observation. This one's a little bit uh, of, a, of a sidebar, but uh, it's really important. And actually, Tom did a really good job of uh, beating me to the punch here. But um, it's really important that when we read verses like this, we understand that we're not being told how to earn salvation, okay? Your work is not your means to salvation. Jesus Christ is your means to salvation, all right? Um, when Paul says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not mere human masters, Masters, uh, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Um, you know, it just seems like every time we encounter one of these, somebody... It's real easy to get that twisted, right? And I want to make sure that you understand that your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. Um, but at the same time, because you have salvation secured in Christ, it's really important that you model that for others because you want them to have that as well. Um, what, you know, what, what Paul is really saying in this verse, you can read most of the works verses like this. If you just switch the order, it's, you know, sort of say... Because you have been saved, you work hard, okay? So uh, if I was going to write it, I might say, you know, God saved you, uh, act like it. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, so just a, a bit of a sidebar. It's really important that we all understand that Jesus is your salvation. That's your only salvation. Okay, we're going to talk about how to apply this stuff. Um, so... We talk a lot about modeling and, you know, going back to, again, the first, uh, or the last sermon that Ryan preached on this, uh, you know, God modeled all this for us. Um, so the, the first application really is that simple. Just model your faith at work. Um, so a story from my own uh, background, you know, I was fresh out of college. Uh, and I was working at Systems as a, a designer for Boss Snowplow. In this capacity, I spent a lot of time uh, on the production floor. And as you can imagine, as some of you are very aware, the language on the production floor is kind of ugly. Um, there's a lot of manly men out there, dirty and working with steel and welding, and they're, a lot of them aren't happy to be there for some reason, but their, uh, their language reflects that, right? Um, as a young man, uh, I, by the way, I was not walking with the Lord yet, um, it was pretty easy to, you know, fall into that same pattern of uh, speech and, um, you know, wanting to be one of the guys and, you know, doing the, the coarse language and the, the, the joking around. Um, and even if, even if I, even if I, you know, wasn't, if I was strong enough to not fall into that trap, there, there was a sense in me that I kind of had to. 
to be taken seriously, right? Uh, here I am. It's bad enough they got me in khakis and a polo shirt going on on the production floor, but now I got to have these guys try to take me seriously. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do what I can to make sure they know I'm, I'm one of the guys. Um, so everybody talks like that. Well, not everyone actually. So there's one. <laughs> I, I'm just chuckling at my notes because I, I say there's one older guy. At the time, he was probably the same age I am now. Um, <laughs> 20 plus years ago. Um, there's one, one guy who didn't speak like that. Uh, he was different. He still had the respect of his peers. Um, so it turns out he was a Christian. Uh, and that small way he witnessed to me had a lasting impact. He never preached the gospel to me. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have nor couldn't have but he didn't that's that wasn't his method um he didn't invite me to his church he didn't even tell me to stop swearing you know why i i couldn't swear in front of the guy i was convicted i didn't even know the lord yet i just i didn't feel right about it so just his modeling that in front of me had an impact immediately and lasting um so it's a small thing, right? Uh, it's a small thing we can all do. And it's not just about the swearing. It's about the environment. It's about, you know, how, how are you acting? How are you presenting yourself? Um, there are a few other things that that man didn't do that also made a lasting impact on me that would be more significant later in life. Um, but the, the point is it was obvious to me that he was a Christian just in the way he, he lived. And God used him as a role model for me. Okay, uh, second application. Serve your coworkers. Um, you know, when, when Jesus asked, was asked uh, what the most important commandment is, Jesus responded, love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that command does not stop because you are punching into work. That it's actually probably more significant there. Um, one of the most effective ways to serve uh, our coworkers is to focus our energies on helping them to be successful in their work. Um, that <laughs> it comes really easily for a few of us, and but for most of us, that, that that's a challenge, right? And the reason I think, in part at least, is such a challenge is you know, business world is very competitive, and it's only getting worse, and. Um, that that you know air of competition only filters down you know through departments and in, into individuals are all being asked to give more for less and you know the boss is cracking the whip not me i don't that's not how i manage but um but we're all being asked to to increase profits right and i, I want to make sure you understand i'm not anti-business uh, at all um but you have to realize that as Christians, we, we have to be able to look at that and say, it makes sense because we're in a broken world, right? And how, especially unrepentant, I mean, it's hard enough for repentant sinners like us to not fall into the trap of more money, greed, all that kind of stuff. Even if it's subtle, it's really hard for us not to, to fall into that trap. People that are running business, a lot of them, they're, they don't know Christ at all. They're unrepentant sinners. So, it's impossible for them not to not to fall into that trap. So that's why you have, you have business just exploding and getting 
more greedy there's more money and people are making less and stuff like that so again i'm not i'm not advocating for socialism or anything like that i'm just saying recognize that you're in a broken world you're working in a broken world and that's how it's going to be so we have to really recognize that as christians and try not to fall into that trap um so in doing so uh you know it's it's really important that we you know try to help help the guy next to us whether they're you know competing with us for a promotion or something or not like whatever it is uh we're called to serve them they are our neighbors um so that this is it's an important one and it's a hard one um so if you have a you know a chip on your shoulder like a lot of us can at times i know i have uh, because you're overworked or underpaid or, you know, the company's making re- record profits while this is going on. You got to take a breath and just, you know, get get out of your head for a second and focus on helping someone in the same situation as you do a good job. And you'll be shocked at how good that will feel um, and how it will change your outlook on your own situation. Now, and I'm not saying do it to feel good. Okay, what I'm saying is God's going to, God's going to let you know when you're doing good and God's going to let you know when you're doing bad. And you know what that feels like in your own life, I guarantee it. But in this case, you will feel better about your situation if you're serving your neighbors. Um, and that's because God is is ordaining that. Okay, um, last one. Let Jesus be your boss. So I borrowed this. Oh, you got a small head. <laughs> this is Ryan's hat. Or his daughter's, maybe. She might have had it Let Jesus be your boss. So give him a promotion. So that's really poorly worded, right? I'm going to take this off. <laughs> um, that, that's poorly worded because, you know, obviously none of us have any kind of authority to promote God or, you know, give any kind of... Uh, um, put him in any kind of position. But it's the illustration that's important, right? So make Jesus your boss so that he's there with you, um, helping you serve, right, in all you do, and that you're serving him. Um, it doesn't really matter if you cut trees, build houses, design products, uh, audit finances, or you know, surgically remove tumors from the hearts of loved ones. And God bless that surgeon, right? Um, If you're doing it for God, you will not fail. And make no mistake, I don't mean worldly, you're always going to be successful. What I mean is, if you're serving God, you're going to serve his purposes, whatever they may be. They may not look the same as success for us. Like, you know, you might get fired for something, that might be God's plan. It might be uncomfortable, but um, I think if, if you were to ask God, what is success for me in my job, he would tell you, submit to me, serve me. So if we do that, you're golden. You're set. Okay. Um, so basically, that's it. Uh, you know, in conclusion, we're all spread. Uh, we're all called to spread the, the good news. Um, that's your spiritual job here on earth. Uh, most of us can't really see how to integrate that into our earthly jobs, but there's a few things you can do as we talked about. Um, some of us literally can't go and spread the God. Like I can't go 
to somebody that works for me and say, hey, you're a sinner. Uh, you're going to go to hell unless you go to Christ. Like, I'd be out of a job by lunch if I did that. But they all know, everybody that works for me knows I'm a Christian. And they know it because of the way I treat, treat them. They know it by the way I fight for them, make sure they get, you know, the best of what I can, you know, the company's willing to provide for them. So it's really about modeling that. Um, okay, so what we can all do, we can all do these things. Uh, and if you do, it'll be impossible for anybody else to know that you're not a, that you are a Christian. Um, we can go to work and model our faith in whatever way makes sense in the environment in which we find ourselves. We can serve our coworkers, and this way we will be loving our neighbors. And finally, as Paul tells us in Colossians, uh, we can all work as though we're working directly for the Lord. Because we are. Let's pray. God, we humble ourselves before you, knowing that you are in control of everything. Uh, we thank you for not only saving us, but for allowing us to be part of your plan of salvation for the world. It is our hope, Lord, that everyone we encounter would come to know you through our efforts to honor you in whatever we find ourselves laboring in. And we know, Lord, that our labor and our efforts are only successful because you've graciously made them to be successful for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.